On October 22nd, 2021, Hasbro officially announced its latest HasLab campaign for the Star Wars toy line. HasLab was a crowdfunded venture in which fans had the opportunity to back larger and more expensive dream projects. And these projects would only be put into production upon reaching a minimum backer goal during a six-week campaign. The first two campaigns for the three-and-three-quarter-inch scale vintage collection were hugely successful. Hasbro introduced HasLab with 2018's Jabba's Sail Barge, and then followed up with 2020's Razor Crest ship from the beloved Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. Hasbro announced its next project would be the first HasLab item for its six-inch scale Black Series line. The campaign was off to a rocky start after senior global brand manager Patrick Schneider accidentally revealed the Rancor as the latest HasLab offering months before it would make its official debut. But it was too early to tell if that early reveal would affect the campaign in a negative way. After all, a lot can happen in six weeks. Would the Rancor follow in the footsteps of the Sail Barge and the Razor Crest? Would it become part of the Star Wars universe through HasLab? And would it appeal to fans enough to propel it into production? Or would it be remembered as HasLab's first Star Wars failure? This is a look at the HasLab campaign for the Black Series Rancor. This is the next part in the history of Hasbro's HasLab series. This is where things get a little messy. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and production. off to a solid start at the end of October. Of the 9,000 backers needed to push the project into production, more than 1,200 purchased a Rancor the first day of the campaign. However, it was falling far short of the previous HasLab release. The Razor Crest became a reality in 2020, when it crossed the 6,000 backer goal within its first 24 hours of going live. The Rancor still had a long way to go. Three days after the kickoff, the number of Rancor pre-orders reached 3,500, and with a steady momentum, Hasbro prepared to announce its tiered stretch goals. Once a project was funded at the base level, the stretch goals would be the next mile markers in the campaign. Each stretch goal would be a figure or item added to the Rancor set each time the project crossed a specific number of backers. The tiered system worked well for both Hasbro and the consumer. For every Rancor purchased, the cost to produce each one diminished, 
And if the company was able to reach a new production tier in the thousands, the cost for the overall Rancor project would go down substantially, and the margin of profit per item would increase. Thus, Hasbro could offer incentives that would cost the company a little more to produce, but the potential for profit would far exceed what it would spend on a stretch goal. And the more items offered, the more overall value the project would have to collectors and to toy enthusiasts. The Razor Crest was certainly a desirable ship at $350, but became even more so with five items added to it at various tiers. At the conclusion of the campaign, Hasbro sold more than 28,000 Razor Crests, almost five times the minimum goal. And surpassing the stretch goals, buyers received five extra items to accompany their new ship in the form of a removable escape hatch, a carded Grogu figure, a set of carbonite blocks, a carded off-world Jawa, and a vehicle display stand. As the first week of the 2021 campaign concluded, Black Series fans awaited news of what the company would offer as the stretch goals. Hasbro announced the first tier on November 5th as an exclusive reveal on the website io9. If the campaign reached 11,000 backers, a 6-inch Gamorrean Guard would be packaged with the Rancor. The Gamorrean Guard was a notable character from Return of the Jedi's Rancor scene, as the monster devoured one of Jabba's henchmen before its showdown with Luke. And to mark it as a true exclusive to the HasLab project, the figure would come sealed on a Power of the Force cardback and with a silver coin bearing the character's likeness. The packaging harkened back to the 1985 Kenner line. The original carded Gamorrean from that era has become an expensive and highly sought-after figure, especially since it was only available in Australia at the time. And it now sells for thousands of dollars. While fans were likely looking forward to feeding a guard to the Rancor, overall, they were disappointed with the first-tier reveal. The 6-inch Black Series Gamorrean Guard had been released in standard packaging at retail three years earlier, in 2018. And while the figure itself was generally regarded as one of the best in the line and would have an all-new paint deco and packaging, many saw that offering as a retread of a previous release. It was difficult to be excited about a figure that, at the time of the announcement, was still languishing on store shelves of discount overstock shops like Ollie's. If the Gamorrean Guard had been a new figure to the line, it likely would have secured backing within days of the io9 reveal. But the Rancor was already viewed as an overpriced project, and a repainted figure that many already owned did very little to raise interest, as well as the all-important purchase numbers. Going into the campaign, fans desired to receive at least one new figure with their premium-priced Rancor. They had hoped the first tier would be Malakili, the shirtless Rancor Keeper, or Jabba's dancer Ula, who became another one of the Rancor's victims. And many figured Hasbro would present an unreleased version of Luke with the bone he used to defend himself while in the Rancor pit. These were not unrealistic expectations by collectors. They are, however, cost-prohibitive to a company like Hasbro. Toy designer Scott Knightlick explained why Hasbro would opt to re-release a figure as a first-tier stretch goal. Knightlick runs a YouTube channel called Spectre Creative, and in a video about the stretch goals, he estimated the tooling cost for an all-new figure to be around $100,000. 
Spreading that $100,000 cost over 19,000 pre-orders would be much cheaper per item for Hasbro than if it had to spread it over 11,000 Rancors instead. Repurposing a previously tooled figure further reduced the initial cost, because the company didn't need to spend an additional $100,000 on an all-new design. And for the Gamorrean Guard, of which tens of thousands had been purchased by that point, the tooling costs had been covered already. The figure likely turned a profit during its run at retail, and the price to produce more from the existing mold kept Hasbro's overall costs low and manageable. And thus, the company was able to offer a figure, albeit a repackaged one, at the first tier. And while Hasbro found a way to deliver an add-on in a cost-efficient manner, it did not excite consumers enough. It did not incite the purchase frenzy that the toy company may have expected from this first-tier announcement. While the Rancor was an impressive creation, when comparing it to the Barge or the Razorcrest, there was very little to actually showcase. The Barge and the Razorcrest had detailed working cockpits and interior rooms and areas to explore. They contained special features like hatches, trap doors, sails, cannons, jail cells, and cargo holds. As for the Rancor, it had a torso that turned, poseable arms and legs, a scaled tail, a mouth that opened and closed, and talons that could hold figures. Again, all were very impressive features, but the figure lacked that feeling that comes with exploration that the vehicles possessed. And I think this aspect made the $350 price tag hard to digest for most collectors. There was no doubt the Rancor featured a premium design, but it was simply missing something in its presentation. The Sail Barge and the Razor Crest were truly brand new items to the toy universe. Neither had been produced at the 3 3 quarter inch or 6 inch scale previously, and their newness to the line drew an excitement among toy enthusiasts. Each vehicle had been packed and put into production based on the fact that fans wanted it. Each was viewed as a dream piece whose mere debut turned it into something heavily desirable among collectors. The HasLab Rancor may have been new to the 6-inch action figure line, but various iterations had been produced for the smaller-scale lines over the past 40 years. It already existed in some form, and the idea may not have translated to be as fresh or as exciting as the Sail Barge or the Razorcrest. It appeared the Rancor wouldn't be able to reach backing on its own, or with the addition of a repackaged Gamorrean Guard. Instead, its fate would depend largely on the remaining stretch goals. The first-tier stretch goal did very little to move the needle for funding the project but collectors and fans figured the second stretch goal would begin to showcase the really good stuff, the figures most were anticipating receiving with the Rancor. On November 15th, Hasbro announced its Tier 2 offering, which would unlock once the project hit 13,500 pre-orders. 
It was an ambitious backer goal, especially from where the pre-order numbers sat at the time. The chorus of Malakili and Ula chants filled the comment section of any discussion devoted to stretch goal speculation. Either one of the two characters seemed to be the key that would propel backers to carry the two-ton Rancor over the finish line. And the second tier could be that spark. But instead of a figure, Hasbro presented potential backers with... bones. The second tier consisted of pieces of the skeletal remains of some of the Rancor's victims. Five plastic skulls, three partial rib cages, and two objects that resembled mounds of dirt. The skulls were from a variety of species, with one being the human skull looped through at the gate's control panel to close it on the Rancor. Of the others in the set, two of them were Twi'leks like Ula. One was from a Gamorian guard, and the fifth strangely belonged to a former Tauntaun. Also included in this package was a large cardboard backdrop illustrating the interior of the Rancor pit. Hasbro anticipated many collectors would want to display their new Rancors in front of a realistic scene from the film. And according to the Tier 2 announcement, the backdrop would include favorite details from that iconic scene, like the Rancor pit door, the trapdoor, the grating in the ceiling, and even the door Luke attempts to escape through. And while the skeleton accessories and backdrop would be complimentary additions, fans were extremely disappointed to see them offered as a stretch goal. Some believe these items should have been included with the Rancor from the start, and were not worthy of being a separate incentive. The general feeling among collectors, whether accurate, was that Hasbro was doing the bare minimum for this project. Many felt the company knew that it was expected to offer stretch goals and had cobbled together items to fill in the gaps. But the relationship that had formed during the first two Star Wars HasLab runs was starting to strain. The second tier reveal did very little to incentivize backers and those following the trajectory of the campaign were beginning to lose patience with Hasbro. It's interesting to note at this point that for the duration of the campaign, Hasbro's biggest competition may have been with itself. In addition to the Rancor, Hasbro launched two other HasLab campaigns concurrently, and all three would end the same week in December 2021. For the G.I. Joe line, Hasbro presented a $230 Sky Striker fighter plane that came with multiple figures and accessories. And to capitalize on the longtime love for the original Ghostbusters and the latest film adaptation, 2021's Ghostbusters Afterlife, Hasbro campaigned for a life-size replica of Egon Spangler's Proton Pack, complete with tiers unlocking add-on items from both the classic and new films. And while these HasLab projects were not in the realm of Star Wars, many toy enthusiasts collect items from a variety of brands and lines. Both the Sky Striker and Proton Pack were enticing pickups, and coupled with the Rancor, presented potential backers with options for spending their money. The projects with the most perceived value would cross over into production. 
and there was a chance that the Proton Pack and the Sky Striker could overshadow the Rancor, especially with the way the creature's campaign had progressed by the time the second tier was announced. It's also important to mention that a portion of fans felt ignored by Hasbro. This is detrimental to the type of relationship a crowdfunded endeavor like HasLab requires. Star Wars fans are pretty vocal about their feelings. The passion for the franchise and its figure lines is pretty immense. And yet a larger frustration settled in with every passing day during those six weeks. To many, it felt like the company and the consumer were speaking two different languages. And when attempts at communication feel fruitless, a person will only engage for so long before throwing up their hands in disgust and walking away. The final two stretch goals remained. The fate of the Rancor was still undecided. On November 20th, Hasbro held its final Fan First Friday livestream of the campaign. During the event, the team unveiled a fully painted model of the Rancor. But the news of the day revolved around the project's final two stretch goals. The fan base tuned in, and from the comments they typed leading up to the livestream, they were highly skeptical and losing interest quickly. Very simply, Tiers 3 and 4 needed to make fans forget about the first two lackluster tiers. They needed to boost the Rancor's backing numbers toward production. And they needed to indicate that Hasbro had heard the fans' desires for a Rancor set, and had worked to deliver something special. Instead, the third tier may have sealed the Rancor's fate once and for all. With a lofty goal of 16,000 backers, the third stretch goal was a carded figure of Salacious B. Crumb, the cackling Kowakian monkey lizard who sat on Jabba the Hutt's throne next to the vile gangster himself. Including Salacious Crumb in the Rancor set was an exceptionally odd choice. While he was technically in the Rancor scene, he was not in the dungeon but was watching from above, along with Leia, Han, C-3PO, and the rest of Jabba's denizens. Again, Hasbro presented fans with another previously issued figure, as this salacious crumb originally came with the 2011 Black Series Jabba set. And while most fans would have been interested in purchasing a carded version of this rare figure at some point, its inclusion in the campaign felt like less of a stretch goal and more of a stretch. It was a baffling addition that only made sense when viewed as a lazy, rancor-adjacent, cost-efficient decision by Hasbro. The second tier, consisting of the bone accessories and cardboard backdrop, was underwhelming, but fit as elements in a display scene to accompany the rancor. And in a campaign in which potential backers needed further convincing, the addition of a salacious crumb, a reissued figure who would always exist outside of the frame of a collector's rancor display, felt like a tone-deaf response to fans' requests for what was supposed to be a dream project fulfilled. After all, that was the point of a HasLab product. The fourth and final tier would be unlocked at what seemed like a nearly impossible goal of 19,000 backers. 
Hasbro offered the first newly designed figure for the campaign, Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. In the website reveal, Hasbro wrote, Brand new tool Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker gets a fresh look in this unlock. For the first time in eight years, this specific Luke Skywalker figure will have a newly sculpted photoreal design, a truly epic addition to any display or collection, and an iconic addition to your Rancor display. Without Luke Skywalker's death-defying encounter, how would we know the ferocity of the Rancor? Hopefully we won't have to find out. Luke comes with a removable soft goods cloak, a blaster, and of course, a lightsaber. The Hasbro team noted that the new release would be the definitive Luke Jedi figure created for the Black Series line. More importantly, though, came the news that this Luke would not be an exclusive to the Rancor set, and would be released at retail in the coming year, as part of the Return of the Jedi 40th Anniversary Celebration. However, like the Tier 1 Gamorrean Guard, Luke would be packaged on an exclusive Power of the Force-style cardback, and would include a special collector's coin that was a signature of the 1985 line. The thought of an all-new Luke figure was enticing. And although the packaging was a desirable design, the fact that the figure was not an exclusive, but would be available at almost every toy retailer across the globe in the near future, deflated any excitement around the reveal. And with a goal of 19,000 backers, there was almost no chance of Luke becoming a part of the Rancor set anyway. The response to the livestream and its reveals was fascinating. Before the livestream began, more than 5,000 pre-orders were placed, and the Rancor finally moved beyond the halfway mark toward its production goal of 9,000 backers. But shortly after the November 20th livestream ended, the campaign actually began to lose backers as they pulled their orders upon seeing the final disappointing tears. And the news for Hasbro only grew worse. Within 24 hours, the number of backers continued to drop as hundreds of orders disappeared from the page. If the first two tears caused momentum to stagnate, The last two demolished any chance of reviving it and sending it in the right direction. By December 1st, 2021, the number of backers was well under 5,000. With five days left in the campaign, the question wasn't which stretch goals would be unlocked. Instead, it became, would the Rancor even be produced? In order to reverse course, Hasbro launched the action figure equivalent of a Hail Mary, a last-ditch effort with very little chance of success. To keep the project alive, the company added an all-new figure to the base Rancor set. In an Instagram post, Hasbro appealed to potential backers, saying, We really appreciate all the feedback we've received in an effort to make the HasLab Rancor the best possible dream product. With that, we realize we can't leave the most dangerous creature, the Rancor, roaming the galaxy without its keeper. We will be adding a fully new-tooled Star Wars The Black Series Malakili figure to the base offering, funding at 9,000 units. 
Uncarded and ready for action, Malakili comes with his unique gaffy stick, inspired by Star Wars Return of the Jedi. This figure is in active development, and we will share renders as part of our backer updates if the project successfully moves into production. Black Series fans finally received the news that they had waited to hear. The Rancor Keeper Malakili would be a companion figure to the $350 Rancor. But for many, it was simply too late. The fact that the figure was not an earlier part of the campaign was frustrating. And that frustration was compounded by the fact that it was presented like a rushed afterthought instead of a key piece of the project. According to the announcement, the figure would come uncarded, without any special or exclusive packaging. It would likely be one of the figures also released at retail in the future, to commemorate the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. So essentially, it would be a new but non-exclusive figure, with no unique packaging, and would be available to purchase separately at your local Target eventually. And because the idea was pitched with only a few days left in the campaign, Hasbro had no images to share of what the consumer would actually receive. But it offered the dying campaign a small spark of hope. The news stopped the backer bleed as its numbers began to tick up slowly. By December 3rd, with three days left, the campaign had once again crossed the 5,000 backer mark. But would this action figure Hail Mary be enough for the Rancor to join the Black Series as the first HasLab project for the line? With less than 24 hours left before the deadline, the campaign was far from its original goal of 9,000 backers to fund it. The number remained under 6,000 pre-orders. Upon receiving the news of the Rancor Keeper edition, some fans hoped interest would pick up and that Hasbro would extend the campaign. Steve Evans, director of design and development for Hasbro's Marvel Toy Division and formerly of the Star Wars Division, shared his take on the project. Answering fan questions on social media, he said he didn't believe Hasbro would extend the Rancor campaign. When Star Wars collectors mentioned their frustration with not getting a previously unreleased character with the set and specifically referenced Jabba's dancer Ula, Steve hinted that Ula was never a possibility. He didn't elaborate, but Star Wars under Disney has shied away from Leia as Jabba's prisoner and from Ula because of how they were depicted on screen and what they represented. And Steve's insight supported the idea that a character like Ula may never become part of the modern toy universe. However, by not addressing the situation, neither Disney nor Hasbro did anything to realistically temper fans' expectations. But Steve had a good understanding of the parameters of a HasLab campaign. And if he believed Hasbro would not extend it beyond December 6th, then the remaining potential backers had to act quickly. December 6th, 2021. In the final days of the campaign, the number of backers increased substantially. 
To the surprise of many, the tally ticked past 6,000 backers, then hit 7,000, and then crossed the 8,000 backer mark. Approaching the midnight deadline, the total edged up to 8,500, but ran out of time. As December 7th dawned, the HasLab Black Series Rancor campaign was still 500 pre-orders short of shuttling it into production. The gate had come crashing down on the Rancor, crushing any hope of bringing the creature into the Black Series toy line. The Rancor project was Hasbro's first Star Wars HasLab failure. And while many will point to the fact that it captured 95% of his base goal and will declare it a nearly successful venture, I think this is a clouded perspective that requires a bit of clarification. There seem to be three types of people pre-ordering a Rancor. The first is the group of Black Series collectors that wanted a 6-inch scale version of the monster. Whether the Rancor played a part in their love for Return of the Jedi, or they were fans of the creature itself, or they were completists for the Black Series line, they were likely the group that placed their pre-orders early in the campaign, and were responsible for bringing the Rancor backing to the halfway point. The second group were Star Wars collectors that wanted a Rancor, but required the stretch goals to convince them to press the purchase button. Again, due to four lackluster tiers Hasbro presented, this is probably the smallest group. It may have been boosted by the last-minute edition of the Rancor Keeper, a figure that would be sold at retail if it became part of the Rancor set, but faced the possibility of never being produced if the campaign failed. The final group, however, may be larger than most would assume. It consists less of fans or collectors, and more of a pool of resellers. This is a group that sees the Rancor crawling toward the finish line and views the result of a very limited production number as a way to capitalize on the demand for a collectible like the Rancor in the future. There are two main points working in the reseller's favor. The first is performance based on past events. The first HasLab Star Wars project, the 2018 sale barge, originally sold for $500. Demand was so high by those who had missed the campaign that the barge had essentially quadrupled in value by the end of 2021. And even though the HasLab Razorcrest hadn't reached collectors' homes at that point, fans clamored for any that would appear for sale on the secondary market once it was released. The second is a constrained supply. 9,000 of any modern toy produced is a relatively small number especially with more and more fans becoming action figure collectors each day. And while interest for the Rancor diminished during the campaign, resellers speculated that it would be seen as a true rarity in the future, and as a necessity for any Black Series completist. And an iconic character like the Rancor, with a premium deco and design, as well as a premium price tag, would have one of the lowest production numbers of any Black Series figure potentially adding to future demand. So resellers added to the pre-order backing, purchasing multiples in case it went into production. And if it didn't, they would lose nothing. It was low risk with the possibility of being lucrative in the long term. Resellers came in at the end of the campaign because the final production number was destined to be under 10,000, low enough for the value to potentially rise in the future. 
I mention this because I think some fans, as well as Hasbro, do not realize how badly this project failed. Many will look at the final numbers, but they do not tell the full story. At its core, HasLab is about a relationship between Hasbro and its consumers. It is a call and response between the two. Hasbro listens to Star Wars fans. It listens closely, following the pulse of which items consumers really want. The pieces that they may have dreamed about playing with as children, and now owning as adults. Ones they want to share with their own children, as they play in the imaginative Star Wars sandbox together. HasLab is a relationship of trust. Hasbro presents a concept, an idea for a project, and in doing so, acknowledges that its fans have been heard. The designers toiled to turn that idea into a reality, pushing to innovate what a toy can be, and pushing themselves creatively in the process. The fans respond. They get the word out about the campaign on social media. They highlight the special elements of a HasLab creation in groups dedicated to the project. They write articles for collecting websites and host interviews with the Hasbro team. They respond in ways that remind the team their months of late nights and hard work were for something meaningful. They affirm the decision Hasbro made to take a risk and offer another dream piece for fans. They place their pre-orders. They back the barge. They reach for the Razor Crest. They help each one to hit their goals and snag every stretch goal because to them, the project created is worth it. There's value. There's creativity. There's that toyetic quality present. There's respect. Call and response. HasLab is not just a toy. It never was. It is an idea realized, a dream come true, a tangible souvenir of an intangible moment. The seemingly impossible made possible. The chance to fill the empty space in a childhood toy cabinet with something joy-inducing, and then to share with a younger generation. And that is never to be taken lightly by either side. Before fans fully understood HasLab's potential, they helped the barge surpass its goal by thousands of orders in 2018. They returned in 2020 to fully back the Razor Crest in the first 24 hours, and then flew through every stretch goal on its way to a record-breaking 28,000 pre-orders. Again, it will always come down to a relationship between company and consumer. Let's look at the aftermath of the campaign and the possible reasons for the Rancor Project's failure. In the hours following the midnight deadline, Hasbro released an official response acknowledging the campaign's failure. In an Instagram post bearing the Black Series logo and the HasLab logo against a Starfield backdrop, Hasbro shared the following message. We're sorry to say the Star Wars The Black Series Rancor HasLab project did not reach its minimum backing goal. 
This is what the HasLab platform is all about, bringing our fans together and allowing you to decide if these dream projects ultimately get developed. We want to thank the fans who showed their support and backed this project, and those who shared their passion throughout the campaign. We look forward to bringing you more dream concepts in the future. The message had the precision and careful balance of a corporate response. It was on brand and highlighted what made the HasLab venture a positive one for the Star Wars and collecting community. It had the appearance of being straightforward and honest, but to many, it said very little. It felt more like a pleasant and hopeful conversation with a loved one after an argument, without addressing the underlying issues that brought you to that conversation in the first place. And maybe that was too much to ask from a corporate entity in that moment. After all, it was less than 12 hours after the project failed. There was a lot to digest in those hours, and a lot to digest over the coming weeks and months. The week was still a win for Hasbro, though. The two other HasLab projects running concurrently to the Rancor and ending that same week were wildly successful and surpassed expectations. The G.I. Joe Skystriker plane had yet to hit its goal of 10,000 backers the morning of the deadline. But by midnight, pre-orders had doubled, reaching almost 17,000 backers and unlocking two of its three stretch goals. And a few days later, the Egon Spangler Proton Pack tore through its 7,000 backer target and ended the Ghostbusters campaign with a shocking total of 19,000 pre-orders and unlocking all four tiers. In the film The Last Jedi, Yoda reminded Luke that failure is the greatest teacher, for it allows the next generation to grow beyond the current generation's stumbles. And in Hasbro's case, embracing the recent failure and learning valuable lessons from it would give the team the opportunity to make future HasLab projects even stronger. In March of 2022, Patrick Schneider answered questions about the failure of the Rancor during a Hasbro Q&A session. He didn't go into specifics about the lessons learned, but stated that the team was trying to discern how the overall campaign was viewed by fans and he noted that the team currently was drilling down into the project to figure out what didn't work, and more importantly, why. They also wanted to highlight internally some of the more successful aspects that they could bring with them into the next project. A few months later, the Disney-themed website Laughing Place spoke to Hasbro's Chris Reif about the possibility of the Rancor project making an eventual comeback. Chris replied, Well, I think the fact that it didn't fund speaks to the lack of demand for it, so I would say it's unlikely that it will show back up. If the demand wasn't enough to fund there, it's unlikely that it makes sense to release otherwise. Does that change in time? Maybe. There's not a hard line in the sand saying never, but I think there's a tape across the surface that says unlikely. There's nothing saying it can't ever happen. I just personally think it's unlikely but we'll see where things go. Eric Frayner, the designer who dreamed to introduce the Rancor into the Black series, also discussed the campaign in October of 2022. He described it simply as heartbreaking, but said changing the rules and extending the campaign or reviving the Rancor in the short term would undermine the purpose of HasLab. No HasLab project is a guarantee, even when it's a Star Wars item. 
And when the Rancor did not reach the minimum backing, Eric said, Hasbro and the team had to let it fail. Echoing Chris's sentiment, however, Eric said that the gate was never fully closed on bringing a Rancor to the Black Series in the future. But even a year after the campaign had ended, the disappointment felt too fresh, and it still felt too soon for the team to even consider it. So where did the campaign go wrong? The scale of the Black Series certainly limits what Hasbro can produce for the line. For this reason, we're unlikely to see vehicles and playsets produced. Instead, a large figure like the Rancor made sense for the first project. The Rancor is an iconic figure, and due to its size, would never make it to retail shelves. And as a crowdfunded endeavor, Hasbro would have been able to give fans the most intricate and screen-accurate Rancor toy in existence. HasLab will always be a gamble, never a guarantee. And while the Rancor was a good idea, it simply wasn't one that interested the fan base in the fall of 2021. Fans did not view the Rancor as a novel idea, entering the Star Wars toy universe for the first time, like the Sail Barge or the Razorcrest. And the accidental reveal months in advance may have hurt the momentum that is generated when the new HasLab announcement shuttles directly into the campaign. The campaign appeared to have been weighed down by a number of issues during its six-week runtime. The biggest obstacle seemed to be the cost. A vast number of collectors could not justify spending $350 for what amounted to be a very large figure. The Rancor was a feat of engineering by the Hasbro team, but the comment that came up again and again was that collectors felt it was overpriced by a substantial amount. And this response still surfaces frequently whenever Star Wars fans discuss the campaign today. The livestreams that accompanied the campaign felt like drawn-out presentations at the time, and could have been condensed to showcase the Rancor in a tighter manner. While they demonstrated the design team's passion for creating the figure, the discussions tended to veer tangentially, which tested the patience of the viewing audience. And when you have a more straightforward figure like the Rancor, as opposed to a ship like the Barge or the Razorcrest, you can afford to say a lot less and still stoke interest in the product. In a campaign in which the base item didn't reach backing on its own merit, the tiered stretch goals became even more important to its success. The audience of potential buyers weren't interested in the stretch goals Hasbro presented, and I think fans did not feel heard. The campaign was baffling at times, like Hasbro and its fans were communicating over two different channels. And while the Rancor Keeper became a key factor, by the time it was offered, it was too late. Many collectors had abandoned the project at that point. Over the past few days, I thought about how I would have structured the campaign differently. Unlike the Hasbro team, I have the added aid of hindsight, more than a year after it ended unsuccessfully. And with that knowledge, I've tried to arrange it in a way that would best fit Hasbro's budget and capabilities, as well as creating a campaign in which fans would see value. So for the base offering at the 9,000 backer level, I would have presented the Rancor, but with two additions. 
The original Tier 2 set, the Bones and the Rancor Pit Backdrop, would now be part of the $350 base set. Then I would have announced Tiers 1 and 2 at the same time. This would hopefully lessen the disappointment of Tier 1, which I would keep as a repackaged Gamorrean Guard, but possibly with a dirtier paint deco and maybe with an exclusive accessory. Tier 1 would unlock at 11,000 backers. Tier 2 would be the figure many fans desired, the Rancor Keeper. Knowing that Hasbro was eventually desperate enough to include it as a base price offering at the end of the campaign, I think inserting it into Tier 2 would make the most sense. An all-new figure would have sent a much-needed boost to the campaign, and it would have demonstrated that Hasbro had been paying attention to its fans. If costs were a concern, the backer number for Tier 2 could have been moved from 13,500 to 14,000 backers. And the Rancor Keeper could be offered on packaging similar to the Gamorrean Guard. Or it could be packaged in a simple bag, with the idea that Hasbro would be saving costs in order to create this new figure that would likely be removed from packaging anyway, to display with the Rancor. If Hasbro had communicated this to fans, I think many would have been happy to get a new figure, in a way that didn't feel like a rushed concession at the end. At 16,000 backers, I think a solid addition for Tier 3 would have been a plastic base replicating the dungeon floor. It could be a very simplistic base, which would have a slot in the back that would hold the backdrop that would automatically come with the Rancor. And it could have foot pegs for the Gamorrean Guard and Luke to stand on the base and would house the skulls and bones as well. The base would have been a nice touch that would have created a full Rancor display. And finally, at 19,000 backers, Tier 4 would be a Luke Jedi figure. For this offering, Hasbro could choose to reissue its previous Luke Jedi from 2014, or it could provide an all-new likeness. But this version of Luke would be the one in the Rancor pit, without his blaster or lightsaber and without his cloak. The paint deco would give the appearance that he is dusty and dirty from rolling around the pit, and he would come with a bone that he used to fight the Rancor. Finally, the figure would come on a never-before-released Return of the Jedi cardback with a unique image of the character in the Rancor pit. It would truly be an exclusive version to this set. The weekly Hasbro livestreams promoting the Rancor would be a mix of pre-taped clips and live discussions. The pre-taped clips would highlight the design choices and the process of creating the figure, focusing on more of the story of the HasLab project and what makes it so very special. The live discussions would run toward the end of the live stream as a way for the Hasbro team to express their excitement for the project and to share information and details about specific points within the campaign. This is merely a basic outline of what I would have done for the HasLab Rancor campaign. Using the items Hasbro offered as stretch goals as a model, I tried to make my suggestions grounded and realistic. It would be great to get four all-new figures with the Rancor, but hopefully this episode helped to explain why this would never happen. And I think presenting the Rancor Keeper early and ending with a unique Luke was exciting enough to eliminate the need for Hasbro to have to explain why a character like Ula was left out of the Rancor set.
the HasLab Black Series Rancor was the first failed project for the Star Wars toy line. But Hasbro had been working on a follow-up to the Rancor, experimenting with an all-new Black Series item that once again was neither a vehicle nor a playset. The team would announce it in May of 2022. Would this next one be the first successful Black Series HasLab campaign? Stay tuned for a future installment of the History of HasLab series on Star Wars, Prototypes, and Production. <laughs> 